May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please sit. It's a pleasure when in the cycle of our readings, I get a scripture that's one of my favorites. I get the gospel of what is known most commonly as the prodigal son, but I like to call the tale of the father's love. Before we get into this gospel lesson, I want to recount and recall for all of us the various lessons we've been learning through Lent from the sermons that Gina and Father Michael have given over the last three weeks. So there were, there were themes of each of those sermons that I noticed each began with the letter S. The first week of Lent, Gina talked about the value of silence. She walked us through um, the, the technique of centering prayer, and we had the opportunity to practice that and experience the beauty of sitting in silence and experiencing God in the quiet. And then the following week, Father Michael, the second week of Lent, Father Michael talked about signs, how we need to be attentive to God's direction, that God gives us signs along our way that help us recognize that we're actually walking on the path that God intends for us to walk on, and that our job is to be attentive, to be aware of the signs that God puts before us. And then last week, Father Michael talked about sending Remember, it was the story of the burning bush and Moses hearing from God that he was supposed to go back to Egypt. And Moses' initial response was, here I am, God, send somebody else, right? Send him. And, And through the course of that passage, Father Michael explored what the burning bushes are for us in our lives. Where are we sent? Where are we called to go for God? Where is God sending us? What is God calling our attention to where we might carry the good news to people that desperately need it? So I have to admit that when I was preparing the message for today and trying to find an S word that worked with the prodigal son, it was a little bit of a challenge, but I realized that one of the primary messages of this particular passage is status, and, and especially the question of what is our status in the kingdom of God? What is our status as God's children? And the story of the loving father, the father of two sons that have gone terribly wrong, is a great way to look at this idea, this question of what is our status before God. So let me set the scene for you. If you open up your bulletin and look at the passage, you'll notice that an oft-overlooked portion of this passage introduces it to us, introduces the parables. 
Jesus is responding to the Pharisees who have accused him of consorting with sinners, with tax collectors and toll collectors, and with people that are unclean. The Pharisees are mad at Jesus, and they're telling him, as a good Jewish person, he should not be hanging out and eating meals with these dirty people. And you'll notice, if you look at the heading of the Holy Gospel that we read a minute ago, we we read Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 3, and then, famously, as we often do, we jumped, we skipped a whole section, right? We went to verse 11b and went on. Well, the section that's missing that we didn't read today are also two shorter parables that Jesus gives about things that were lost and then found. The first one is the lost sheep. Remember, the shepherd just has 100 sheep, 99 are in his possession, but one is missing. He leaves the flock and goes and finds the lost sheep and brings them back into the fold. That's the first lost found story that Jesus tells. And then the second one is of the widow that's got 10 coins and she loses one inside her house. So like often we do when we lose something, she turns her house literally upside down to find this lost coin. And she finds it and she invites her friends to come and help her celebrate that she found the coin. Then comes the parable of the loving father, the prodigal son, the one we read today. You see, Jesus is responding to the Pharisees. He's telling them the truth about their attitude and about God's attitude towards people, towards people's status. The parables that we have, that that I just mentioned and that we read today are focused on teaching the Pharisees the wrongness of their attitudes, that their hard attitude has somehow shifted from what God wants for God's people. You see, they were most concerned about, the Pharisees were most concerned about staying clean, about following the laws, about towing the line, about being perfect people according to the law. And they felt their job was to enforce the law. Jesus highlights that his attitude is also God's attitude. God the Father's merciful love does not wait for a sinner's repentance, but takes the initiative to bring about each person's restoration. So today's gospel, the story of a father who's really lost both sons. One, the prodigal, the most famous of the two sons, has turned his back on his family, decided that he wanted to live a different kind of life, certainly not the life of a good Jewish boy and went to a foreign land, read that Gentiles, read that away from everything that his family held dear, and goes and wastes all of his money. Importantly, 
What we need to understand in that culture of that time, when the younger son went to his dad and said, I want my inheritance now, he was basically saying to his dad, I wish you were dead. I wish you were dead. Give me what's mine now. It was a really severe thing, a huge breach of family, of trust, of respect that this younger son did when he asked his dad for his, inher- his inheritance. And then we have the older son who's lost behind a barricade of self-righteousness and resentment. Both sons were selfish. Both were guilty of insulting the father. Now, this parable, remember, Jesus is telling this parable because the Pharisees have accused him of consorting with sinners. And it was told not to offer a generous pardon to the prodigal, even though that is a really reassuring word to those of us who have been prodigals, those of us who have turned our backs on God and gone our own way, those of us who recognize the tendency to wander in ourselves. It's really reassuring to know that God comes running and welcomes us back even before we get a chance to speak our words of repentance. It's very reassuring to know that. But the purpose of Jesus telling this parable was to help the Pharisees to see the wrongness of their attitudes. It warns them that until they learn to rejoice at the return of a sinner, the return of the lost, they themselves would remain estranged and outside of God's family. And that, in the telling of these parables, the Pharisees were pitifully ignorant of God's true character. You see, if you look at the two sons, one, the prodigal, very well represents the tax collectors and sinners, those outside of God's grace. He's out of the norm. He's out of the family. His status has been severely diminished by leaving home and sinning against his father. And the older son is the Pharisee in the story. He towed the line. He followed the rules. He went to church. But his heart attitude was no better than the younger. I want you to notice something. If you look in the very beginning of the passage, the younger son asked, tells his father, give me the share of my property. I want it now. Jesus says, speaking of the father, So he divided his property between them. The older son got his share too. The older son was given his share at the same time as the younger son. And yet, he harbors this resentful, holier-than-thou attitude towards his brother. He walks apart from his father, from his familial relationship with his dad. 
What does he say to his dad? I've been working like a slave for you. I've been working like a slave for you. He didn't see himself within the family structure. He didn't see that, as his father said, I've always been with you. What's mine is yours. His failing like that of the Pharisees was following the rules of duty rather than embracing the family, embracing the Father's love, embracing the understanding that he had the grace and love and mercy and relationship with his dad the whole time if he'd only enjoyed it and celebrated it. So the result is resentment towards his brother. Just as the Pharisees resent Jesus eating with tax collectors and sinners. So let's return to the question of status. What is our status before God? You see, the answer resides with the Father. The Father is portrayed as kind, compassionate, forgiving, and don't miss this part, celebratory. Celebratory. Extending the invitation to return, to join the party. You see, there's no outsiders as far as the Father is concerned. It doesn't matter if you're the prodigal or if you're the resentful older son. There's no outsiders. Everybody's invited to the party. Everybody is deserving of God's compassion. Everybody gets forgiveness. Everybody's included. Everybody. No outsiders. On the front of your bulletin, there is a picture by Rembrandt, and it's his rendering of the story of the prodigal son, of the loving father. And one of my favorite authors and one of my very favorite books that I've ever read, Christian literature, is Henry Nouwen's book, The Return of the Prodigal Son. As you can see, it's got the same picture on the cover. And, and Henry Nouwen was really taken with Rembrandt's picture. And he saw in it a truth that he wanted to explore. So this book is his reflection on that painting and on the story of the loving father and his two sons. And when he's exploring who we are in the story, who I am, who you are in the story, who Henry is in the story, he recognizes that he has a part to play in all of the characters of the story, that at different times in his life, he is the story. And he explores the question of status. Who am I in God? And I want to conclude by reading a little excerpt from 
from this book, The Return of the Prodigal Son by Henry Nouwen. There is no doubt in the parable or the painting about the father's heart. His heart goes out to both of his sons. He loves them both. He hopes to see them together as brothers around the same table. He wants them to experience that, different as they are, they belong to the same household and are children of the same father. As I let all of this sink in, I see how the story of the father and his lost sons powerfully affirms that it was not I who chose God, but God who first chose me. This is the great mystery of our faith. We do not choose God. God chooses us. From all eternity, we are hidden in the shadow of God's hand and engraved on his palm. Before any human being touches us, God forms us in secret and textures us in the depth of the earth. And before any human being decides about us, God knits us together in our mother's womb. God loves us before any human person can show love to us. He loves us with a first love, an unlimited unconditional love, wants us to be his beloved children, and tells us to become as loving as himself. The parable of the prodigal son is a story that speaks about a love that existed before any rejection was possible, and that will still be there after all rejections have taken place. It is the first an everlasting love of a God who is father as well as mother. It is the fountain of all true human love, even the most limited. Jesus' whole life and preaching had only one aim, to reveal this inexhaustible, unlimited motherly and fatherly love of his God and to show the way to let that love guide every part of our daily lives. In his painting of the Father, Rembrandt offers me a glimpse of that love. It is the love that always welcomes home and always wants to celebrate. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.